This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Citizens of the Verse, today is August 2nd, 2953, and welcome to another episode of Citizen Cast. We're a weekly Star Citizen podcast here to discuss what's going on in the game and its development. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and I'm joined by my co-host, Seagard Olsen. Hello, Seagard. Seagard. Is he alive? Yeah, I had it on mute again because I was. <laughs> it was the intro, and they didn't want to talk over the intro. <laughs> oh, I'm such a loser. <laughs> and if you couldn't tell by the other voice, we've got uh, Skyguard back with Ho- us. Hopefully, oh, it's not shoved up my nostrils again. <laughs> hopefully not. We we will try. All right, but you know we don't have Chekhov to constantly laugh for the only time I've ever heard him laugh before. <laughs> Um, so it might be a little bit easier. <clears throat> um, so what's everybody been up to this past week in the verse? Skyguard, what have you been doing? Uh, I've been playing Red Dead Online with Haymore oh. and Badger. Um, nice. Looking at the updated reports again now that they're out. Um, and in general terms of entertainment, I've been reading Louis Lamour again. Oh, okay. Nice. Great. Um, what about you, Seagard? What have you been up to? I have been running uh, some cargo. I've been uh, so I've been uh, yeah, running a lot of cargo, doing some little things like that, and trying out different uh, planets. Um, working a little bit with the voice attack, trying to you know, I'm always fiddling with something, uh, and uh, I've been enjoying that all week. I mean, that's been real fun. So, how about you? I um, <clears throat> I did some cargo, um, but lost all my money. <laughs> I uh, I essentially every for some reason every time I fly in the Lorville, I keep flying in the no fly zone, and this time it um pulled me out of my Carrick. <clears throat> but didn't store my Carrick. So I lost over a million credits in cargo fare. So that was cool. Then I went and did some vulture missions or, you know, um, salvage missions because I was frustrated with cargo <laughs> as a game loop. Um, that's pretty much all I did um, this past week. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Now, uh, this past week, uh, we already talked about Inside Star Citizen last week, but we actually um, didn't have a Star Citizen live, um, so no video content to speak of. Um, this week, 
uh, tomorrow we'll have an episode of Inside Star Citizen, and they're going to talk about um, updates on their location creation tool. Huh? There, there was a video last week. Yeah, Inside Star Citizen. But we talked oh, about it. Oh, you were talking week. about the live. I'm sorry, I apologize. Yeah, there was no Star Citizen live, um, so we didn't have we didn't have any new fresh content to talk about this week for, from that. But this week we will have um, an update to Rastar and, and how it's being used for Alpha three twenty. And then Friday they're going to have a game dev episode for Star Citizen Live with Lewis Thompson from the Interactables team. Uh, so I mean, what is Rastar Interactable? It's a, a location placement tool, so it's they use it for um, um, outposts, and it's essentially their their quick their new tool to quickly populate the verse with um, derelict settlements and colonies and all that fun stuff. So hopefully, it won't be too too tools based. Maybe we'll get a, a glimpse into something interesting, but we shall see. <clears throat> What we did get about an hour ago, um, however, that I like to talk about some of the stuff from, was July's monthly report. Um, so some good content in there. It's not as meaty as they had been in the past, but there's some still good stuff. Um, some of the things that I took away from it, um, first and foremost, um, the ship art team, um, the uh, UK team there. Uh, began work on the RSI Polaris, so it's in white box now, um, with a thorough breakdown of the content required. The team then imported the concept mesh and completed a basic entity setup. A rough interior white box was completed, and several issues with the concept were resolved. Then they had an as-yet-unannounced ship pass, it, or continue its LOD0 pass, LOD0 pass, with the majority of tasks completed and a review scheduled. The team is currently focusing on adding tertiary details to the interior and exterior, as well as finishing the lighting for each phase. The Crusader A1 Spirit progressed through final art with a handful of lots um, remaining for its interior and exterior damage. Work also continued on the C1 Spirit uh, cargo variant, with the main differences being minor exterior changes and the cargo room the latter of which is currently progressing through Greybox, with most of the core forms refined. Work on a new ship variant continued, with the dashboard cockpit receiving attention. The design team also resolved the placement of um, physicalized components ready for the uh, art team to add in a later date. Another unannounced variant continued through its Greybox phase as well. Uh, in the U.S., the Tumbrel Storm approached the end of the production, of its production. Uh, we built all damage meshes, projected all UV2s, generated most LODs, and are now just polishing up various parts of the vehicle. Lighting is getting another pass, and we are working with systems designed to make the most of most of them procedural um, so that they'll respond to player interaction. Uh, and then Shipart also worked alongside TechArt to solve various issues with the threads, or treads, I should say. <clears throat> Elsewhere, tasks were started for all new, an all-new vehicle. The team began by breaking apart the concept and putting together an in-game preview while planning out the work required 
for the base and its variants. The current plan is to white box all the variants at the same time and then select which versions will move into gray box first. Two new variants went through the LOD0 phase and are now approaching content complete. The team also progressed through LOD0 for APOA for the APOA Santaki I, um, following uh, filling out item housings and doing heavy paneling work on the exterior. Uh, they also came to a solution for the dashboard, which still requires polish, but delivers a unique aesthetic for interaction. They're currently working with system design to get the ship's behavior, behaviors to trigger correctly. And finally on ships, the Origin X1 entered the gray box phase. While waiting on the white box review, the team are working to solve various aesthetic issues while ensuring the overall ship makes mechanical sense. They're also exploring new tools to help generate extremely clean automotive style geometry to maintain the required origin feel. Um, so that's the ship team. Anything, I mean, we've got a lot of ships that seem like they're kind of far along. Um, any guesses as to what some of the variants are? I think we know at least three of them. <clears throat> yeah, I heard, uh, I heard the um, Drake um, mm -hmm. Corvettes, is Corvette? The little uh, cutter, cutter. That's it. Has a scanner and an exploration, right? Mm-hmm. I heard that. And um, doesn't it have a cargo variant too? Well, we have a cargo version. Oh, that's right? the cargo current one. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's only. Uh, but I haven't seen any others. Starter. That's fine. Well, we know the Fury, right? Is getting one because yep. they've already advertised it. Sounds like a racing variant. The racing or a uh, luxury variant, probably. Yeah. With the that luxury LX. Fury? Yeah, it has the LX, so we're assuming it's... I mean, I'm going to guess it'll be luxury racing, but like luxury in the sense of like it's a really nice seat. <coughs> Who knows? Yeah, because I mean, it can't go anywhere, right? Yeah, only... Only with a larger ship. Um, I'm curious to see what this... The, this vehicle is that they have that they're planning all these variants at once. That seems interesting. What what do we what do we think would be a kind of I mean what type of vehicles missing or or, or do we foresee happening Let's here? See what are they see? They've got the lawn zero passes. So announced ship. And well, they got that bomb they said they were working on. What's that? <clears throat> Isn't there a bomber they're supposed to be working on? A smaller bomber variant? Well, that's the... Um, there's the um, Crusader Spirit, mm. which is coming in 3.20.1. I thought there was supposed to be... I thought that was supposed to be a different one. There might be another one. Um, I, I heard of some other ship that sounded like a bomber, but I think didn't that end up being the Fury? Because mm. they said know. it was really small. I don't know. I guess we'll see. I'm curious about the the ground vehicle that they mentioned, though. The, you know, mm. it's it's four different... Well, did they say four? No, they just said white, the variants. So, it's not the tank? You know, I'm wondering if it's not the tank. I'm wondering if it could be a... Um, uh, a bigger mining vehicle. 
or That'd be uh, nice. Or a version, a version of the um, ballista, you know, the chassis there. Um, it sounded like a new vehicle, though, not a variant. It, but that, but it said that that they were planning out all the variants at the same time. So that's what I think is interesting. Interesting. Yeah, the largest well, the largest thing we have for carrying cargo in a vehicle right now is the Ursa Rover. Maybe some kind of hover vehicle. Like that a larger cool. hover vehicle? That would be cool. If the predictions really I've that. heard are right, and they're currently doing polishing passes on Fort Squadron, on Squadron which may or may not be true, who knows, um, then they probably have more people to, to devote to stuff like ship development mm. than explain why they're developing a whole bunch of stuff all at once. What about yeah. the Orange and Ground vehicles? Well, they already mentioned that that's in um, that's in the works. Oh, oh yeah. you mean the um, you mean the um, the G twelve whatever twelve? Yeah, those maybe. I just don't know why they wouldn't just call it that. Instead, they're keeping it secret. Because yeah. the, the other thing I was thinking of was the tumble tumble ranger too. But why aren't they calling that out? You know. And then it's like they're working on new ground vehicles that aren't the G12 or the Tumbrel Ranger. Like, what's the holdup? Yeah. Um, I want so that thing in. I want that, that thing inside my uh, 600i. Mm, mine it does fair, pit, pair perfectly. <clears throat> There's also an Argo ship that they might be working on. Yeah, um, there's been some leaks for both manufacturing ships and mm. combat ships for Argo. One thing I, you know, there has to be some kind of bigger ground mining vehicle, right? Right now, it's very limited on what you can mine with a ground vehicle. It's not that it can't be profitable, but you would like to think you could take a ground vehicle and break something that a prospector could break. That'd be, that'd be Maybe. Nice. Maybe, maybe. I'm not sure. They're also working on the uh, the rescue ship for Argumix. The what? The tow truck. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. SRV. Yeah, it's pretty much done now. I think it's just the tractor beam, right? <clears throat> Which they mentioned they're working on. Excellent. Well, why don't we move on the gameplay feature team? Let's get a medical bursa. Maybe I don't. I don't think it's a variant of an existing vehicle, though. That's why I, I would just see that would be a good one to get. <laughs> well, we know they can pack a medical vehicle in a very small size since since the Pisces yes, got theirs. Um, the gameplay features team uh, they've continued their work on the new vehicle tractor beam, which should also bring improvements to existing tractor beams. July's first at uh, July's tasks included first iterative tests for core balancing and the UI. Uh, additionally, the team progressed with the resource network, which includes features like engineering gameplay and life support. Uh, they also worked on several prototypes for Salvage's munching gameplay and are currently discussing the best fitting technical solution with all dependent teams. Finally, they made improvements to mining for Alpha 3.20 based on community feedback, including updates to stability and predictability when mining. Um, so 
Looks like the vehicle tractor beam is a little bit further out than we anticipated. It seemed like it was a lot closer, but you never know. They didn't say they've... They, this is July's update, so you never know if they sneak it into maybe a dot one patch or something. Um, but yeah, any thoughts on on gameplay features? No, not this week. Um, tractor beam improvements are curious. Yeah, that's how a much big one. An, how much of an improvement is it? Is it? Because mm-hmm. something I've always considered for stuff like loading cargo ships is eventually you're going to either need to have bigger boxes or be able to carry more than one SCU sized crate at once. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they, they are going to have that larger tractor beam too, which will probably help. Um, plus, vehicle based tractor beams will carry larger boxes, I'm sure. Because the ones on the, the whole sea are huge. The, the tractor beams, that is. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. I know. I saw that it's such a nice... I'm excited to just see it end-game and and uh, explore it uh, very soon. TM. <laughs> yeah. uh, then the Mission Features team said, Last month, Mission Features embedded QA testers supported the developer of Ship Trespass. I don't know... Um, the development, they should have said, of ship trespass by giving the feature rigorous destructive testing. The retrieve consignment missions pass final review and are currently being polished and balanced. Alongside this, the current underground facilities were replaced with Rastar to fix a variety of issues and make iterating on them faster. Progress was also made on the new global event blockade runner, a working prototype was shown to the game directors who approved its move to development. The initial planning for cargo missions was completed with all dependencies identified. The team are now looking deeper into the reputation system to improve the wider delivery and hauling mission gameplay loop. Steal and recover cargo missions were also prototyped and shown to the directors and are making good progress. These will see players either recover cargo from disabled ships or disable and board ships before securing their cargo. Um, finally, code work began for reputation. Progression within reputation scopes will give players discounts on various purchases, including items, refueling, and repair. Mission features also picked up the reputation-based hostility system, which will see NPC orgs more willing to attack those who have a negative reputation with them while providing benefits to those with a positive standing. So that's some good stuff. You, you, you're probably pretty excited, Seaguard, uh, um, to hear some of this uh, cargo mission stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Going. I think it's... Uh, yeah, High time. Uh, yeah, it's it's time. And they've got the, the financial side of it doing much better. There's no doubt about it. it you know, it's... You could make a decent amount of profit. It's, you're, you know, yeah, I don't think you're going to get super rich without putting some time in, but you can maintain some money. <clears throat> and um, and that's what I tend to do is maintain more than bulk to, you know, $20 million or whatever. It's enough to buy my fancy clothes, right? And, um, <laughs> if you need food. $20 million for fancy clothes, I don't want to hear about what clothes you're buying. Uh, well, I, I, for all the ships I have, I you know, 
I probably, I bet you I average less than 500,000 credits at any given time. <laughs> I've just never. I, I, I mean, ZZ Top is right about women liking sharply dressed men, but that's pushing it a bit with five uh, I mean, what, do, do you just go in there, that song playing, ask for their best attendant, and then buy the whole store? No, no, no. I just, uh, just go in there. I like the way stuff looks, and I got to have matching sets. Just. I don't know. And I don't dress fancy, you know, fancy, as Let's they see. say. So you're saying you have 500 suits. <laughs> no, no, I have. I do have a lot of suits, but I don't have um, I don't have a uh, lot of credits in game, is what I was saying. Uh, so you just kind of low. Yeah, I, yeah, I tend to stay very low in my credits. Well, you're even. I mean, when you're hauling, you're not even using your bigger ships. You're you're kind of right. hauling smaller um, Correct. stuff. Yep. I, in fact, <clears throat> I've been working a lot on my. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Taurus lately. When I was using the, I've been working my way up from the Aurora into the. Um, and then into the pickup truck, and then up into the raft and the hull A. I used the hull A for quite a while, and then I moved my and I, I lose money here and lose a ship and all that junk. Um, and then I'm up to the Taurus now, and I'm hauling diamond and other things um, to make some money. And then I'll start buying uniforms again. So I load up a ship. Set it up the way I want it, and then I usually get whacked going out the door or something, you know. So, the way it is. Oh, that was the way you. You is. were the guy I salvaged last time. Oh, I see. That's probably. Hard. Yeah, the guy got me the other day, and there was. I don't know. If, I don't know who. I don't know if it was an A or not, but it was near Port Olliser, and I had uh, all of those uh, special modified custom armors for the guys who hunt the pirates. The uh, Nova and the Overlords, Overlord set. I had the entire set. I had a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, Grim Hex style armor for you know my Drake ships. I had food and supplies and uh, weapons, and and I was shipping it out to Grim Hex where I have all my Drake ships. And someone whacked me going into Orison or into Alasar to refuel. <clears throat> so. <clears throat> that Yikes! That would have and, been a good time to have an escort if you're moving all of your um, yeah. possessions. Yeah, it was it's part of the fun of the game, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, soon enough there'll be another patch. You know? yeah. Exactly. You exactly. take your risks and you take your licks. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um. Let's see, and then, oops, uh, let's see, I don't know why I scrolled back up, uh, that was dumb. Let's see, graphics, the last, graphics, and... The last thing I pulled up was just the locations team from Montreal. Uh, in July, Montreal's locations team progressed with additional derelict settlements, which passed gray box before moving into the final phase. Progress was made on underground facilities, too. Once the above content is delivered, the team will return to the ongoing building interior mandate. 
Um, so yeah, any, any, um, any other thoughts, Skyguard? Do you kind of peruse the um, the monthly report? Mm. Let's see. Uh, the underground facilities seem to be progressing apace. That's yeah. Nice the pictures look good too. They've got the, pictures of here? the UGFs. Oh, I, yeah. I, I and the report. I thought it stopped it. So I was back up at a graphics, VFX, and programming at Planet Tech. Oh. Yeah, there's some pics of... Um, oh, new interactables. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, Those look like garden bins. They do. The the trash cans. Um, see, and they also look like they're in pyro. Working on the gas clouds. That's nice to see. But you can see sort of like some kind of like refinery type thing. You yeah, that, that, that looks UGF for a ship, but it looks like a UGF probably. That looks pretty average for industrial equipment. You could just plop it in the middle of one of the refining sections. And uh, but then I love the little office area. You could tell that's in the lobby of one of those. Yeah, uh, that looks nice. Underground facilities. It looks pretty cool. Looks like it might be Hurston owned. Going by the shape language and comparing that to the stuff they've got in. The Hurston Central Business District, probably right. Yeah, it's a little less dark though, so maybe it isn't. Maybe it's bearing or one of the Well, others. see, see, they're not trying to be imposing for the people who come to buy them. They want them to actually feel welcome and purchase stuff. You yeah. can't, you, you can't get somebody to buy something from you if they're too scared to do it. True story. See, where are you guys looking? Where are you guys looking at? Uh, this is on the monthly report. Ah. Go, go to the com link and it's in there. Gotcha. Yeah. It's also the top thing on, on the main page um, gotcha. within RSI's website. There. Well, you know, you know was something that was interesting on there. They were talking about the <clears throat> Orison, um, you know, platforms. Platforms, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. That was interesting. They're going to have them at different heights. That's um, good. And they're going to have them spread more across the planet. Can we descend to them with our ships now, or are they... well, they'll be part of the missions, right? You'll take them. You'll take a mission, yeah. and that's how you'll get to them. Ooh, could you imagine if, like, like if, if if eventually it got to the point where you could base jump or something like that from platform to platform, like like with the the siege of Horizon. Like it, like for some reason they're close enough together, but you have to jump from one to another because the fire is too strong or something. Right. If you, if you were uh, jump, if you were base jumping in the conventional sense, there, you would probably be crushed by the time you hit the ground. <laughs> it's a gas giant. Uh, uh, but, I, but 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 I saw it in Star Trek. You have to be able to do it in real life. That's right. That's right. Uh, the know. rule of cool doesn't have to be doable. Just cool. The ping event. That's cool. <laughs> they they already hand waved the fusion reactors and everything else. <laughs> Let us hand wave this. <laughs> hand wave him. I think you know. I there is a lot of cool stuff being worked on. You know, a couple. Let's say, you know, a year or two ago or even seven months ago, what they were working on was 
it was it was okay, but it wasn't cool. Yeah. All the stuff they're working it, on it, is it, pretty it cool looks little like stuff. Accelerating. That's what I think. The thing that I don't see on here, you know, and I ha maybe I haven't looked close enough, but I haven't seen anything about crew stations, hmm. you know, multiplayer. <clears throat> I think I'd... it's sort of in there, but not. Well, I'm wondering if that's an indicator of maybe sometimes the things that are not in there are the things that are going to be the wow factor, right? Yeah, and um, keep in mind they're saving stuff for CitizenCon as well. If they're telling us correct. all this, what's the big thing? Correct. So it can't it, it can't be pyro again unless they're going. Okay, we're further along than we've been telling you. Here it is. Well, last time they showed us the jump to pyro. Uh, no, last time they showed us landing on yeah. Planet 3 with the yellow grass, going through different permutations of missions. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Technically, that was two Citizen Cons ago, too. They yeah, Last time, true. they didn't have that main... Um, it was basically just a big ISC you know, last time. Yeah. Um, I would imagine if they're going to show Pyro again as something... Um, then it's going to come with actual gameplay and not like, hey, this is what you might be able to do. Or considering um, it's considering it's a physical citizen con, they might have test computers there for us to play it on. Here, you got yeah. half an hour, have fun. Yeah, or um, I would imagine. I, I think maybe we'll we'll end up start in Pyro and end up in Nix. That'd be interesting, but they they, they would need to. They, they 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 would need to be careful, otherwise it would just become another pyro situation. Um, True, but Nix is already pretty. You know, I, I would imagine it's pretty easy to do since it's not yeah. highly settled. From what I've heard, they can make the systems pretty easily. It's the getting you from one system to another that's difficult. Yeah, it's the tech setup and and all that. Well, I guess we'll have to see. It, you know, we've got a little ways to go. You know, if we, uh, if it's what we think it is, maybe the main presentation is not even about the PU. Yeah, it, it might be about Squadron, or it might be something else. Would uh, Would either of you just pass out if, like, Mark Hamill was there? <laughs> I would probably squeal or laugh like a lunatic. <laughs> I'd have to walk up to him and I'd go... Didn't you star in that movie, you know, or that show, that show about the Templars? Is, is that where you first started? Yeah. I, 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 I imagine he's quite tired of all the Joker and uh, Star Wars questions. Or if I if I see him and you two are there, I'm going to go, look, look, it's Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're just going to say, oh, Grandpa, you're so senile. <laughs> Don't mind him, Luke. Dude, you're losing he it. You're, he was in the war. <laughs> that, that, I mean, that is the type of practical jokes I do, though. Look, it's Star favor. He was in the war. Harrison Ford is here. Oh, my God. Harrison Ford's in Squadron? No, no. I was saying, you say that about Mark Hamill. Be like you asked. Oh. <laughs> I thought 
thought you were taller. Oh, I thought, how did you play Chewy when you were so short? <laughs> oh, that's mean. <laughs> um, so this uh, this past week, we don't have a a journey from our good friend, Mister. Uh, why can't I think of his name all of a sudden? George Dumont. George Dumont. I was going to call him Mr. Beauregard. <laughs> Beauregard. <laughs> Mr. Beauregard, I do declare, you are my hero. Um, and we didn't get any user-submitted tips and tricks, but does anybody have a tip and or trick for the listeners? Uh, let's see. What did I come up with? I was actually trying to do this. Um, oh, okay. I did come up with a trick. Um, so we had a 30 K I had just brought my Taurus in over the landing pad on Lorville. I was actually in the, you know, the, I had requested landing. The hangar door was open. I was, my ship was in the entrance literally, but not touched down. And that's when you and I were on and we crashed. The game crashed, mm-hmm. uh, came back out. My Taurus was listed as lost and my cargo and everything else was lost. Um, so and I'm sure we've probably talked about this before, but so I, I actually gave up and said, well, this isn't going to work. Um, so I ran some more cargo and sold that stuff. Uh, but the next day I got on and I decided to recall my Taurus mm-hmm. and, you know, and it loaded into my hangar. It was interesting. Um, and it was all damaged, but it was full of cargo. So I got in, I had a, I couldn't get the, the, the pad to come down off the, the entry, the entrance to the cockpit wouldn't lower. It was stuck halfway and the ship was all blown up on the outside and the front. So I had to go to the cargo area and squeeze in between the cargo and the side and hit the button to go up inside the ship and then powered it on, powered it off, went back upstairs put it back in the hangar or put it back in storage. And then I was able to sell the cargo. So if you, I guess the point is, is if you haven't already tried that before, it is possible to, if you've lost it to a 30 K recall it into your hangar, you'll have to power it up, power it down, store it. And then you can go sell the cargo. At least I was. So nice. Um, what about you, Skyguard? Anything? I haven't been in game for a bit. I, I've been trying not to burn myself out. So, no worries. I, I, when when I jump back in, sometime this fall, I want it to feel fresh. Yep. No worries. Um, I actually have two. One's pretty easy. Uh, don't get your ship confiscated when you have over a million dollars worth oh. of cargo in it. Um, definitely fly above, uh, because losing that is painful. Um, the other one I saw on YouTube and it's unconfirmed. Um, but those little white arrows that you yeah. see in game randomly. Yeah. I see a lot. Do you, know, do you know what those are supposedly? Those are uh, quantum interceptions, I think. Yeah. That's where people were quantum interdicted either by NPCs or by players. So you can see where, if there's a cluster of them, you could see where people are getting interdicted pretty regularly. Really? Yeah. 
supposedly. I don't know why it's on our... I, I always thought it was a bug. and I, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but... I yeah. just thought there were ships that were destroyed and they were sitting there or abandoned and left there. It never dawned on me. Yeah, so... Yeah. The things you know. Dude. That, that's good. That's a good one. <laughs> that's a very good one. Um, I'll tell you another one. I You know, another tip and trick. I've been using that voice attack and... Uh, I found some really good things to do with it, like to make myself faster on my Kogo runs. When I come in and land, I you know I, I land, but then I immediately say, "Max power to shields, engines off," and then I you know say exit my seat, and it gets me out of my seat. Um, but the ability to do that so quickly um, and accurately is is very good. So now I have max shields. My I've even on occasion. You know, max power to shields it gives me the most power to my shields in case someone comes in and starts strafing the ship. Um, you can also, uh, I've used the helmet on, helmet off quite a few times now, and that's been very helpful. Um, if you know, if, if if there's a sale or something, and you already have voice attack, I really would recommend it. It's it's got some really neat little things in there. I mean, there's got to be. 90 different things you can do. You can even request uh, departure access or a landing. You can request that now verbally. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah. Like, um, uh, and all of this stuff is pre-programmed, so you don't have to go in and Correct. write it yourself. Correct. I mean, yeah. I mean, I have a, I have an eight by 11 they put out and it's like, just some of the things like power, power management, power to engines, power to weapons, power to shields. That's what you now, would does just it say. do max power or does it just increase? You, you can no, you have a modifiers also. So you could say max power, twenty five percent power, fifty, seventy five, or a hundred. Um, well, you could do the same thing with. You could do weapons, shields. Um, you'd say like power up the ship or power down the ship, and you can say it different ways, right? Um, then you could also say, like, uh, for shields, you could say um, max power to front shield, and it'll take everything and throw it at the front shield. Like the sales pitch you're doing there. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's like I was talking to some of the guys earlier. I like the stick I have because it has a lot of buttons on it, and it's it's great for things like bringing up gear and things like that. But it's not a great dogfighting stick. It's not, it's whole sensors, but it, it's a little cumbersome, right? But it's so easy to just say, you know, missiles. And it brings up the missiles, next missile, two missiles, launch missile, right? Pin or lock target, pin target, um, you know, set favorite view. It, once you get the pattern of how they are, they become much more instinctive. Um, and I did it the other day. I really was struggling to find a command, and a guy was trying to. Uh, it was an AI guy, I'm sure, but I was running from him, and I, you know, I was trying to get the shields to the back, hitting the the number two on my keypad, and I just said, "Max shields to rear," and it did it. And then you also really. deployed your countermeasures that way. I was there when you. That's right. That's right. I did countermeasures. I couldn't remember the buttons on my joysticks. Um, so, you know, it's really good for things that you don't do all the time. Um, 
if you're a miner, I mean, they do have mining. They, you know, they have open and close uh, mining mode toggles, toggle laser on or off, switch between mining slots. Um, then you can also set off like uh, you know your extra charges, uh, your little your little uh, extra capable capabilities or modules. You can say module one, mm-hmm. module two, module three active. Um, so it's got quite a few cool things. In the past, I've used it more because of the kind of like having an AI crew because they're they you can have a crew of you know six or seven people um, responding back to you from weapons or whatever, right? You can say weapons do the following, um, but now I'm trying to use it more as um, an assistant, and it's working pretty well. <clears throat> so. Yeah, more for science, I guess. Hey, uh, uh, Voice Attack, if you're looking to sponsor anything, anybody, you know, we, we do know of a podcast that at least one of the hosts is a really good fan. <laughs> I have a bunch of, I have, <laughs> I have probably 10 voices. <laughs> yeah, so I, like, I do have like 10 voices or something. I mean, I have a bunch. Uh, but uh, yeah, they're, they're all good and they have funny quotes and, you know. And you always have, it's not Worf, but the guy, Michael Dorn, who played Worf in Star Trek, you know, mm-hmm. give me a quote, give me a Klingon quote, or give me a quote of the day. It's a good day to die, or whatever he's going to say. Right? Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny. But uh, yeah, so from a convenience thing, I think it's great. And they really have kept it up to date. I, I really can't wait to get the, um, like, see how they do that. Like the tractor beams, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so that's going to be interesting. It'll also be, it might be very useful with master modes. Yeah. Switching between them. Yeah. I hadn't had as much luck with like engaging quantum drive and stuff like that. Cause it's, it's more like you turn on, you know, like turn on quantum drive and then you say like jump or something along mm-hmm. those lines. And you can add your own words in it. You can say hippity hop or whatever. And it'll, you can always add to what words they have in there. But they'll probably have six or seven words for any one command. Uh, and mm-hmm. if it hears any part of the statement with it, it recognizes that as a command. So, uh, But I, that one would be helpful, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah. Excellent. Oh, there we go. Excellent. Um, 100%. <laughs> 100%. Uh, (laughs) next is for science Uh, no one submitted anything for science um, and I don't know if anyone else has anything but let me know yeah I don't have so much for science um yeah, I don't really have anything for science. I mean, it's pretty set right now. Okay. Um, I, I would say yeah. neat things that are going on. Um, so uh, this is not a tip. It's, I don't know what it would be called, but let's just put it under this for now because we need something. But so Lusteroth has been running his little um, business, shall we say. And it's pretty good. I mean, right now he has one of the guys who doesn't have any mining or salvage experience. Uh, So he has Uh Sir Scruffy. And Sir Scruffy was like, hey, you know, is there anything I can do with anybody? So Lester Roth was like, hey, you can take my my salvage ship and go salvage. And then, you know, 
I'll sell it and split it 50-50 with you. So he's running this little racket. His business is <laughs> you do things for him in missions and bounties, whatever, and he splits it 50-50 with you. Um, so he's sort of showing like what a what an org could be if you're providing a lot of resources, really. Correct. Right. And he just, you know, he, and, he, and he's making money out of that for his characters, too, which is cool, too, right? Uh, so I think it's a creative, I think it's a creative way uh, without being an org, right? He's acting as an individual, uh, you know, as part of the parley house. And, He's like an S-corp. <laughs> right. And people who don't have a rock or they don't have a prospector, they don't have a salvage ship, they don't have any experience, they just go use it whenever he's on, which is all the time. Right? He's on every day almost. So uh, yeah. I give him big kudos for that. So That's a good idea. Well, that and... um is it him or is it Drowse who always is like, hey, it's him. I'll finance a, a cargo run if anyone needs to run, wants to run cargo. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's really yep. just an extension of that. Yeah. He's constantly got – he had me for a bunch, and I still do stuff with him, and uh, he takes the bounty missions. Uh, he Most of that he does for the reputation. Yeah, because so. he shares it with everybody, and no one else is doing them. He's right. just like here – yeah, so. It's funny that he's making money that other way when he's not taking the money yeah. from the missions. Yeah, so he's he's really clever about stuff. Uh, clever, <laughs> so funny. He's, he does. He also does. You know, like recordings and stuff. We were talking about uh, George Dumont, and he's like, "I got uh, some ideas. Yeah. I got some ideas." So we're gonna hook up again and do something there. Um, George is. George is doing okay. I just didn't. I don't know how much people enjoy George or not. So um, uh, I took a little pause this week. I think people enjoy it. It's yeah. something that no one else is doing. Yeah, yeah. You know, we got to come up with some new James Bond music. <laughs> um, I don't have anything for science uh, this week. Uh, but that does bring us to your question. Alrighty, so last week, Seaguard, you had said... A friendly, a friend, not a friendly, a friend recently mentioned the fun of hunting, of the hunting gameplay loop in Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. I'm, I think it's two. Um, you can eat or sell the game to sell the game to butchers or sell the pelts, etc. Would hunting um, be a game loop that interests you in Star Citizen? Um, are you losing my mind? Said simply... Yes. Um, Drowse said, shh, we don't want to wait any longer, but would definitely like that gameplay added eventually in Star Citizen. Daisy yeah. actually has great hunting in game as well, uh, where there are groups that survive by only hunting in game. You can actually use hides to craft backpacks and, of course, many other things with the remains of the corpse. Every said... Yeah. Uh, Skyguard, of course, uh, joined in and he said, yes, yes, yes. 
<laughs> I just think it would add a lot to the game. Um, yeah. If you could have alien creatures have alien properties, you could use some of them for armor, maybe even right. use them for ship components. Just what sort of weird and interesting stuff could you do with it that would make the nearest UEE inspector have a mild heart attack? <laughs> Right. <laughs> you used what for a quantum drive? Oh yeah, yeah, it works just it works great. A lot less maintenance too. <laughs> um just look, just look out for the mites. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a little crab looking mite the size of your hand crawls okay. <laughs> Um CM Fries said, Yes, I would enjoy this much. Uh we would get more wildlife also. Um, Chase Man Chu said, uh, and I think he was formerly Duke Nukem. Oh, okay. Uh, he, he said, I think it would be a really neat quest loop to harvest meat or trophy. Uh, sorry, to harvest meat. Oh, yeah, I guess to harvest meat or for trophy. While I don't overly condone the latter in real life or have farms where we can get things like blue space milk like Luke is so fond of. Oh, I read that really weird. So, to harvest meat or trophy, though I don't condone light, condone the latter in real life, or have farms where you can get things like blue space milk, like Luke is so fond of, or that green stuff that he drank from that that weird looking thing on uh, that planet. <laughs> um. Then Zeem said, I wouldn't care much for big hunting quests like in uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, which were a bit drawn out for my tastes, but I'm very much on board with it being a, uh, being able to source food and drink while planet side without needing to consume a manufactured product. Um, S. Gateman said, could be interesting. Imagine trying to hunt creatures of Crusader can't remember the name right now you'd need a whole crew and some way to transport it back i see it similar to whaling ships and then genly annoyed said storm wall poaching for the win now we just need a harpoon for the carrick <laughs> um, yes you, you supposedly you're going to be able to harvest off of the storm walls uh some sort of resource like they have something and i think um, we'll also see things like, you know, the cows, the space cows that are going to be pretty prevalent throughout um, many planets because, you know, they, in lore, we've brought a lot of species to a lot of different planets. So that probably so they don't have to make as many assets, <laughs> let's face it. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah. And one thing that I didn't mention is the AI team is, is doing more work on voids. So they mentioned that in the monthly report again, too, for like a rat type. Boyd and some birds. Gotcha. So, are we? Um, gonna, and what are the whales called on uh, storm walls? So, is there going to be like live storm wall milking? Uh, something. There's some kind of resource, like some, like almost like something you could scrape off their hide. Um, and it will be. I mean, what's even cool is like the they even have the whole setup for the whale watching tours. Um, they they just need the the tour, yeah. Uh, so that'll be funny and interesting. I wish we had the the Stormwall character in the in the costume that we see in all the ads. Um, right. I wonder if they're waiting for the 
the tours before they put that person in. <laughs> I don't know why they, why that person's not in. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I, one thing that was interesting too, I saw in one of the posts because I track everything like a lunatic. Um, but someone was talking about fishing and it is definitely something that they want to do uh, in game. And he was talking about, well, well, maybe if you just shoot it with a pistol and then use your tractor beam to pull it out of the water. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And plus we do know that, that fishing beyond just capture to eat, they'll be fishing for, you know, finding rare fish that you could put in some of those aquariums uh, that we have in the verse. Well, that's cool. Um, I guess for me, uh, I, I agree. I, I think it would be great in game. It doesn't need to be a huge component. I think it's good for survival. Maybe they'll have a science component to it too. Um, where maybe you're not, you're not hunting, but you're researching or collecting samples. Um, and then also, you know, just, I'm looking forward to having more animals in the verse because we don't have a lot. Right. Right now. Uh, what's your question for this week, Mr. Seagard? So this one, um, I, I've already posted it. Let me. Uh, I saw. Here. Yeah. So, um, so this is, this is the one I actually thought of last time when we were on this podcast and I held it. So the question is, as, as new ships come with fuel, guns, and missiles, should they also mm-hmm. come equipped with undersuits, helmets, pyro tools, and medical items for the crew? And, you know, to me, it's, uh, I couldn't, I actually looked at this from a, like a commercial vessel level. How do you get them equipped? Mm. Um, you know, like you, you won't be able to sail a ship without having life jackets and life preservers and a medical kit on board and fire, you know, fire uh, suppressive equipment and things like that, right? So there is some credibility for this. Also, um, and, and I do think this would probably be a great way to define what a new ship is versus a used ship, right? Um, yeah. I would think that if you have you know, a Drake ship, that's a cargo ship, you get Drake work uniforms and armor and a helmet. And eh, Drake specific, like you have to use. No, no, like, just saying it comes with it. It's like an advertising thing. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That'd be. Right. right. You can or, always or, swap out for better Or, or it could be like, like Drake pairs up with Castec or something. Or... Yeah. And it's, you know, it's just a a style of or a fitting of equipment to make the ship fully functional from day one. So you and your crew show up with their personnel bags, maybe their helmet and undersuit, but uh, everything else is there. That thing's ready to fly. Right. It's kind of consistent. In fact, I think it's more consistent than having the missiles and guns on it, unless it's a fighter. Right. Mm. Uh, but, and like RSI and exploration ship, we already have, you know, the big, you know, uh, RSI suits with the big backpacks on the back. We have the RSI purple uh, venture suit for exploration. Uh, it'd be great. I mean, that would be a great thing to have for a ship. Um, and, you know, maybe that's what you get when you get it the first time. And then after LTI, you don't get it anymore, right? You just get a replacement ship. 
Um, but there's, I just thought about that. And I said, well, I wonder how they do that in real life. And I could not find that out. Uh, looked for new ship manufacturing. And there was an entire framework for building and launching ships to, and bringing them to active service in the commercial world, the military, I know how this is done. You're, you're issued the equipment. It's called basic issue items, BII, <clears throat> but tools and things like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's the question, just what people th- are thinking about it. And, uh, I don't think it would be hard for RSI to do, but it would certainly give it that new ship smell. Right. When you walk on board. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Unless they make a smelloscope for the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Immersive. Immersive. <laughs> well, right. they, they, Chris Roberts was known for pushing stuff, so. Yeah. What do you guys think of, speaking of, um, you know, items, what do you think of the subscriber flair for this month? <laughs> I, I like it. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I, I like it in principle, but I think it lacks functionality. Like, it, like if you, if you're racing equipment, like if you ever seen like a motorcycle racer or a guy in racing, like Formula One, mm-hmm. it, it's really functional. They might have lathered logos and everything all over it to make it look more colorful, but it's specifically designed to do function first and form second. And it looks like they went for form more than function. Well, maybe it's, uh, I mean, a racing jacket could be a fan jacket, too. For, for those who don't know, uh, because of all the racing updates, they have all these um, what look kind of like leather racing jackets. One has an Origin logo on it. One has the Murray Cup on it. That's my favorite one. Right. Uh, although the Misk one. And then one has Misk on it. Although it should, you'd think it would have Mirai. Not misc since didn't they weren't they moving the yes um race moving over. all those over Supposedly. to Mariah from misc yeah and then well going to be a Mariah racer I didn't see one for um the Mustang either because mm. the Mustang is the other racing ship right well one of the variants yeah yeah. So I would have, I was a little disappointed. I would love to have seen that, but I guess that is manufacturer specific. Well, what's, All right. what's Origins Racing Ship? One of the three hundreds? No, they have two. No, no it's the three fifty R or something like that. Oh, yeah, duh. Yeah, and then the little, the little sporty one. Yeah. Wait, uh, you, you mean the ground v- version one? No, no, no. There's a. There's also a. Uh, what's the red and white ship? Um, Oh, that's the one I was thinking of. Oh, I was thinking of the 350R, which is looks like a M25 or 325, but it's black and it has two engines. Isn't the other one an M20? <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess it is, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. Interesting. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I, I, I like... They look cool. I... At this point, I don't really care. I'm not pledging for. I mean, the freebies are nice, but yeah. yeah. What was funny is uh, yesterday. I think you. I think you were on when I did this. Well, maybe not. But anyway, 
I, yesterday, uh, yesterday I got drunk. <laughs> oh, well, good for you. But yeah, maybe it was Haymar and those guys, but I found a new racing jacket. And I was like, oh, my Lord, look at this. This is so cool. I found it in a loot box. So I got one in the loot box. The brand new ones? Yeah, it was an origin one. I have it for my character. Oh, I thought they weren't um, adding I found one. I had one, and then I went to the... the, And it was in a loot box. I mean, it it wasn't like I uh, found it anywhere. I mean, Hmm. I was just like, what the heck is that? Like, that's new. And uh, I thought it was really cool. I put pictures of it on the website, or on the Discord, and then uh, realized afterwards oh they're also selling these things that's kind of cool so i just thought it was funny yeah um uh what was i gonna say sorry i got distracted because i was i was like how far i I don't know why my brain works in mysterious ways but in the middle of our conversation oh you know what it was you were talking about the suits and and like kind of pre-equipped ships right thinking oh i love that gold Arm the gold um, RSI armor, and then I went. You mean the stuff you get for spending (laughs) too much money? Yeah, and I was like, "How close am I to that?" Let me look. (laughs) I have one. I'm sixty-two percent of the way there. I'm uh, about three hundred and eighty percent past there. (laughs) Yeah, somewhere along those lines. Uh, I'm 72% of the way there. <laughs> oh, so you're even worse than me, Skyguard. I didn't realize that. I thought you were better than me. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm 72% of the way to the space. Marshall. Well, and our CitizenCon tickets went towards that, too, because it's a purchase. Oh, gosh. And, and if they come out with the two new cutter variants for Drake, I'm definitely buying those. The, those variants, I mean, I can't think of a better ship to have a good variant like that for. That's a great. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, even me, if they're 100 bucks, I'm not Mr. Drake. Still yeah, I am. I uh, will buy. It I am. I am seventy-eight percent there to Legatus Navium. <laughs> what? <laughs> Isn't that twenty grand? Yeah, it's it's there. Close. Wait, 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 where is the level? <laughs> Gosh, where, that's where? um. So, oh, because you already have the gold, um. I've yeah, got the gold I have, pistol. <laughs> yeah, I have two of the F8 Lightnings as if one wasn't enough. <laughs> you know, me and my need for fighters, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um what else? Oh, so you're you're, you're how far to the goddess? 78%. 78%. I'm in for some it's it actually Makes me nauseous to look at the number. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's a lot of cash you have lying around. Not anymore. It was over years. It was over years. Yeah, since 2013. Yeah. I mean, I can I can see eventually getting up to Space Marshal, but the wing commander is a bit far-fetched. Yeah. That's, <laughs> so that's that's 10 years. <clears throat> is, that the, is wing commander the highest level? No, Wing Commander's nope. the Lightning. There's way uh, higher than that's, me. That's still the equivalent of <laughs> Kraken and a couple extra ships every year. Oh, yeah. No, there's way higher than me. Uh, oh, I know. There's a guy that invested like a couple million. You think they'll make him a 
and was the Drake uh, Leviathan for? <laughs> yeah. So the next the next one I get will be the Origin Six Hundred I Executive. Yeah, I've seen people with those. Oh, <laughs> that's what I didn't know. Oh, so you're over Praetorian. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah he 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 is way over Praetorian. <laughs> yeah. Now I know that. Uh, I know at least, yeah, I think at least four people that are higher than I am, but, I, but we know. Anybody yeah. in Parlay? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's within Parlay House. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I nice, nice to know I'm not a big spender now. here. <laughs> yeah. There's one I know for sure. I mean, we should just call it Whale House at this point. That's it. I remember I was used to joke on how many capital ships we have, you know, versus the number let's, of players. Let's see, but between all of us, how many Krakens do we have? I have two. So, so is mine one. that makes three. Do you have one, Kiki? That's right. I don't. I my biggest <laughs> ship is good, the good for you. Orion. That's okay. Bad. That's a, that's a good sized ship. Hmm. But it's still yeah. like you know not crazy big. What, what's the what is the crew on that? I wonder. Now I'm going to look it up because I can't. I can't. The Orion. That. It's like the big ships that are. It's ten. Big, it's ten. Yeah, they're they're. Seven. That's max. That's Seven max. max. Yeah. Even like the whole E and the whole D, they're like five or six. It's like five, I think. Um, For industrial, so. well, of course, because there's not even. I mean, you're yeah. not even looking at. Well, you still um, have weapons. Remember, you still have weapons, and you have tractor beams, but, but yeah. not to the same degree of like <clears throat> a, a crack warship. Yeah. yeah. Now I need to get an Idris. Now I came up. I had you this want vision today. Yeah, I want to get an Idris, um, and I want to name Idris? it after the German, the German ship, the uh, Elba. So it would be the Idris Elba. Oh God! Where are we going to get the clue? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not going to have the Idris and the Kraken out at the same time. The Kraken's only ten crew plus. Anyone who's going to be aboard the ship. Oh, 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 that's fine. The Idris is less than the Kraken. Yeah. <laughs> Idris is less crew than the Kraken? No, le- less pledge. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. That's interesting. I got those because I did the Drake pack. It was the only way I could get one. I would I would much rather have the, you know, the Habitation Builder one. Um, I mean, it's now I'm thinking about it. A Kraken is one crew less than a hammerhead. Yeah. That's so twice as big. Yeah. That's why, I, in many ways, I do think if they have AI crew, it's, it's feasible to do that. Oh, so Idris is 28 crew. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it was that pilots for the, for the fighters, if you get fighters. Yeah, for them. the two or three fighters. Yeah. Correct. Um, yeah. Whereas the Javelin is... Um, eighty, like hundred and eighty. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is Max crew. I think Nick has one. I think he has one right now. Someone has one. I thought yeah. maybe Nets too. Yeah, he might have one. We we know Nubkins has one in buyback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we definitely know that. Yeah. What Idris are you going to go for? I'm not. I'm not going to get an Idris. Oh, okay. I'm, really, I'm, I, I'm really trying to not buy. I buy little like uniforms and things like minor that. upgrades like, and stuff. Yeah, minor stuff, very minor stuff. I've got um, 
I do have a good balance of industrial ships. I have a very good balance of military ships. Like I, you know, I, I have two fighters that are have, well, not including ones they're going to give me the F eight lightnings, which I'm sure are going to be mm-hmm. fantastic. But I'd rather have someone else flying for me. Uh, but I have the Vanguard, the Hoplite, and the um, the ground attack version, um, the bomber. Mm-hmm. So those are my two heavy, my two real fighters. Then I have the um, I have a light fighter, which is the uh, Reliant Core, or not Core. A, um, um, what is it? Uh, Reliance. Anyway, the combat version. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I still have an Aurora LN as a loner. And then everything else is like industrial. Uh, the Drake stuff I all put as, like I put on Grimhouse Hex all together. So it's all in Grim Hex. Mm-hmm. All my Caterpillars and my day-to-day drivers are the RSIs uh, and the Raft. So the Taurus, the Raft, the Nomad, <clears throat> those are kind of my day-to-day drivers. And then my exploration side is the uh, 600i, um, the the uh, Aquila, which will probably be my main exploration ship. And then I have, obviously, the Carrick, uh, which I'm <laughs> kidding out with blue stuff. So blue? I have all the blue skins I can get. I got that Stormbringer oh. skin for it. And I just want to make it a little different than yours. I got the uh, the R8 medical version with the blue skin. And, so uh, you don't you don't want the best Carrick skin on your Carrick just so it's different? Or do you just not like I it? I have the red I one. I have the red oh, one. Oh, I don't I don't use the red one. Yeah, I have I have the red one and I have I had the white one for a while, but now I have the Blue and white one, the storm, and it looks good on it. It's a lot more black on the bottom of the ship than I thought. Yeah, the bottom third of it is black, and it looks pretty good. That's um, the see I, of those skins. I like the lighter one. The light one looks good. Yeah, I'd love I to see it like mind. a green. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they need more variety in the Carrick skins. They don't. Mm-hmm. They don't do a lot. Um, I think it's, I don't know what, why it's one of the most popular ships in game. Yeah. You know, it's like, granted, there's a lot of really popular ships. <laughs> right. Right. And to be honest with you, there's, you know, there are a lot of good ships and there will be more. So I'm kind of appeasing myself now. I got the right balance it, before it was always, a, I wanted more industrial ships and less, you know, uh, combat ships. And I finally got it to a number, which was realistic right i you know i wish you could buy like a hornet i wish you could buy like an anvil fighter pack right and it would be the light fighter and it'd be the hornet and it would be the super hornet and you know hey, uh, D, if the, you're listening there's you more know. ways you can sell stuff here yeah do it like uh by brand right some people are afford people some people are bmw and you know they want every yeah. version of bmw make uh drake is sold as a pack right you can get them as big packs but you can't pick like your fighters that way. Um, yeah. So I have, I definitely have in system ships. I call them in system cargo ships. I yeah. have Drake, I have RSI, and I have the Crusaders. Right. I can split those up either individually in three different planets within a system, or I could put them in three different systems. 
one one group in each system. Um, Drake yeah. kind of has its own little fighters because it has the Buccaneer and it has the. I, I know, still the, want a large fighter for Drake. Yeah, I can see that, but I mean the Cutlass Black is kind of in that. Role. It's a, it's and, technically a medium multi role ship. It doesn't. It's not even a medium fighter. It's a multi role ship. Yeah. So, you know, I have that, like, Drake could literally occupy a system. It might be a great group for Pyro. Right? That might be a good place to use it. Um, the holes, the whole series will not be, um, they'll be long-haul ships, with the exception that I thought about this the other day. To load a whole C, I definitely think there's going to be a need to bring the A down to the planet. So you might have one whole, a, one whole C with three or four Hall A's working together. You know, I can see yeah. that being a way to move cargo in large quantities once you get it to your locations um, and uh, load everything up in space and don't worry about the gravity wells or anything else. Just send that out of the system. So. Yeah. Um, I was, it's funny because, because I went through, we were just talking about the ships and everything. I, I only have nine ships. <laughs> only, only, <laughs> only nine, only nine, ships. <laughs> only nine. That's right. I have, of course, my beloved, the Carrick, my first, yeah. my favorite. Yes. I, I, I only have nine multi-million credit ships. Yeah. Um, which by the way, I renamed, um, Oh no. Yeah. I, it used I to be for you with the old name. I'm kidding. It used to be the. It was like my I was putting org tags on it because uh, I was using what was it uh, Copernicus. Yeah, I was just like you know name. what. I'm bored by it. I changed it to Eternal Frontier. Well, that's not bad. I like Copernicus yeah, right. better, but I, I that's not. It bad. was I, just because I had to have the SSI. Copernicus in front of it. Oh. Uh, the SSI Copernicus because someone already has Copernicus. Good choice. Yeah. Um, See, I like I like the little name names in front of them. I, I, I was going to do Magellan as well for one of my ships, one of my yeah. exploration ships, and I was going to do you know something like that, but just different explorer names. Yeah, mine is the Calypso. Oh, that's a good name. name. Jacques Cousteau. So I'm not going to say. Fishes, but he got rid of his carrick, so it probably doesn't matter. Yeah, fish. He switched yes. to the Odyssey. Oh yeah, that's which a I ship melted. I would like to have, but uh, I yeah, melted I my Odyssey pack. I didn't Odyssey keep upgrade. mine either. I didn't keep mine. My carricks was an interesting. <clears throat> you know, it's kind of tough to figure out one of them. One of them was kind of going to be like a Banu Merchantman, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to buy and sell off of it. Um, the other one is definitely going to be an industrials type ship. I mean, it's going to be the home for a large portion of my industrial stuff, like the nice the mole. Uh, probably the raft will be there. Probably the uh, Polaris or not the Polaris, the Prospector will be there. Um, you know that type nice. of equipment. The rocks. Oh, so I, I just realized my other ships, all right? So I have the Carrick. <laughs> I got distracted. Oh, yeah, the <laughs> my Carrick. gummy didn't even hit yet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, that, what, yeah, what other ships do you have? So I have the Carrick, the Crucible, right. um, the Orion, 
So the Crucible and the Orion are the only two that aren't released. Right. But I just figured, like, that's a good fleet round out for, like, org people. Like, if someone wants to use, yep. you know, lead a, lead a, uh, if someone wants to lead the repair division and doesn't have one or something, you know. Right. Uh, then I have the Vulture, which, of course, I've been using all the time. Uh, Mercury Star Runner. The Nomad. For some reason, I, I never upgraded my Nomad. I've been, I just, I love it so much even though I never fly it. Um, the 400i, the Corsair, and the um, Fury. That's a good and this, is, and this is an upgrade. So the Fury is the only one that I have separate. Everything else is within my... It's an upgrade from the Exploration Mega Pack 2948. Oh, yeah. That's a wow. good pack. What that's was in that pack? Back. Uh, initially it was, let me see, I can even, I think I can see the history of it. It was. To, to be fair, I only have 10 ships too, so. <laughs> well, what ones do you have? But in what order? Well, whatever ones, what's your favorite? Uh, in the order of most expensive, the least expensive, Kraken, Liberator, Caterpillar, Corsair, Vulture, Cuddy. Cutter, uh, Dragonfly, then the Mule, and the Ranger. Yeah, so you're in. That's a good pack. That's a good setup. I think the Krakens are going to be real interesting. I, I would love to see them talk about what their intention is on how those are going to operate. From my it's, understanding, it's basically a mobile space station. Yeah, the, the question is is it going to be vulnerable if no one's on, right? If you're not on a server and, uh, you know, the U.S. goes off and the Australian come on and they want to come in and just destroy your ship, you have no way of defending it. Well, it's called um, you don't put it in orbit of the planet. You dump it in the middle of freaking nowhere. Well, yeah. Uh, but uh, but it will despawn if, you, if, you, if it goes long enough. Yeah. But if other people have their ships on your ship, are they going to be able to bring themselves up on your ship and then launch and then come back to it and you know go away? Um, I think, I think that would probably depend. Right. It's going to be interesting to see how they figure that stuff out. Yeah, I would. I am intrigued by that. Um, you know, I, I'm. I also, you know, I hate losing large numbers of ships all at once just because you're trying to have fun and. Yeah. I just hate that crap, right? Oh, um, I'm a liar. I also have, obviously, I have the Pisces and the and the um, sorry, so sorry, and the uh, Ursa. But I also have the Pisces medical. Um, that's the other right. shipment we'll have in the pack. Yeah. And you know, I look at the Carrick and I go, Do I want to? I got my um, my four Furies just kind of as a lark. Mm. But certainly, the Carrick could hold four. Um, but also the Kraken or something like that would be fantastic to have four of those on board, right? They're small. You can have way more than four. <laughs> yeah, but four would be enough, I think, as a, you know, a fun game thing, right? Defend the yeah. ship. Four guys get on it, and they go fly out and do their thing in the Fury and leave their, their ships on board <clears throat> so they don't risk anything. Right? Yeah, and, that, uh, that sounds I think right. that would be a blast, um, you know. Truly a mini carrier, or a carrier. 
Yeah, and then you might want to have like an Apollo on there too, just in case something that could restore them if they die in those little right. Those little I have tin to believe they're going to have a medical system. I have well, supposedly to. it's not supposed to, but they may change that because I mean, obviously the six hundred eyes getting a med bed. It, it's a. I mean, with the galaxy itself yeah. having med beds to begin with, it'd be surprised me if the Kraken didn't. Yeah, I, but I the galaxy has a med bed for the medical, not the. Right. Not the others. They, they can make money hand over fist making different modules for the Kraken. There's so much freaking space in that. Mm. I want, you know, it would be interesting if your character kind of re- healed on his own. Once you gave him the treatment from the guns, if you yeah, could just have nice. him lay down. Let's say he lays down for 48 hours. He's healed. Right? Mm. Um, kind of gives you a reason to have an alternate character. Right? Um, and you know, that would be an interesting way to have on a ship, too. So you have, like, an infirmary, not really a medical center, but they can set a broken leg. They can, you know, do some basic things. They just can't do it instantly. It's slower, right? Well, I would imagine it probably has to be on a recovery bed. Like, those recovery beds exist. Um, they have them in the Carrick. They have the right. two. And then they have, um, we when we saw information about um, the medical part of the uh, the Banu Merchant Man, they had different recovery beds because it had this like gel. So I would maybe that's how they'll facilitate something like that yeah. via recovery bed. I don't know. That would be neat. I'd love to see even something like a a, a jar you're submerged in like in Star Wars and stuff. Right? Uh, like a back to cool. tank? Yeah, back to tank, something like that would be cool. Different type of technology that works. Right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think the Carrick's, you know, the, they haven't released what they are in the inside, but they have a, the opportunity to make that such a fun gameplay loop. I mean, you know, you can imagine, literally, you could say it's a portable mining station that floats in space and, you know, it's got a bar on board, it's got a simple medical bay it's got repair facilities and you, know, you get provided as a service right you pay mm. your rent for your room you pay for your fuel uh, and it has to be fuel it has to have fuel on board to, to fill everybody else up so now you have a reason to have a starfarer come out and fill you up and it really becomes an interesting player-based uh, function yeah <clears throat> It's one of the ships that I wouldn't own because it's not it's not my gameplay. Right. As much as I think it's super cool, but I'm really excited to visit them and, you know, utilize yeah. their services. Yeah. I you know, there, it's it's funny there's a you know, speaking of them, there's a very cool game called DCS, which is a flight simulator, and they came out, I don't know, maybe two years ago with an aircraft carrier module. They had an mm-hmm. aircraft carrier you could land on. It was okay. They came out with an aircraft carrier module now, which is, it, the deck is fully crewed. I mean, the guys walk like real guys. I mean, they're extremely high level. Um, they're, you know, you you take your commands based on their hand signals and uh, they do all the, you know, the salutes and everything to launch your ship. It's 
it's really well done. They do it in rain. They do it in all sorts of things. Um, and even mm-hmm. for Halloween, they had skeletons on the ship instead of guys. They were in the little glow vest, but there were skeletons <laughs> with little flashlights in their hand. DCS or something else? No, it's called DCS is the game. It's a yeah. module. It, there's a commercial of it. But uh, you know, if you see the commercial, you'll be like, oh, is this the Navy? It looks very real. It's very well done. And I would love to see stuff like that, you know, um, on something like that. Uh, or even on the ground pads around the space stations, right? Or around the landing pads. You got a guy in the ground waving you in, waving you off. Little approach lights telling you you're too high or too low. You know, you kind of just glide in and land. Um, you know, there's so much. And again, that's way down the road. But boy, that stuff is going to be cool if we get to that point. Um, yeah, will be it will be real fun, um, and just so interesting because you can. It's definitely a very service based ship in a lot of ways, and you know I think. I think it'll be really. Um, yeah. Originally, I thought of it as the aircraft carrier, right? I mean, I, and it certainly has that ability, but I am more, I am more convinced it's going to be better fun to use it as a logistics support vessel. Yeah, even the privateer, even though it eschews or eschews gets rid of a, a chunk of its cargo bay, will still have quite a bit of space for, um, yeah. like resupply and rearm for people or oh, definitely being that that mm-hmm. mobile space station, right? Um, Think about how tight. much fuel it's going to carry in its bunkers. You could do a whole expedition center on that thing. Yeah, yeah, park it in pyro. I mean, even landing it, it's it'll be a base of operations. So you know, and yep. the best part about it is it requires such a small crew for such a big, useful ship. I mean, yeah. ten crew, but you're supporting um, what five fighters plus? I think you can fit two more in the hangars. Yep. Don't don't forget about the uh, uh, dragonfly bay either. Then again, they'd have to make the dragonfly an actual snub instead of just the weird freak it is currently. Yeah. Well, the I thing about those. it, the thing I always, you, you always got to step back and say, they really only have, even though they have the two, the only thing I don't know about is the hangers, but they only have um, sleeping facilities for the crew plus the number of ships that fit on the, the pads. Gotcha. So that's if it's going to be a mobile hotel. Right. But you could bring in ships. Like, you know, sometimes I look at ships like the uh, Freelancer and I go, man, four, four seats and four bunks. Is that really necessary? But there's other times the I go, Freelancer wow. seems too small for how many crew it has. Yeah. Uh, but it's such a great ship. I mean, I always enjoy I think the Freelancer. And the reason I say that, too, is like, what's the crew of the 600i? Is it three or four? Um, three, right? It's three. It's got the the proper crew. You get the pilot and then the two guys, one left and one right for weapons. And um, Oh, I'm, and, I'm thinking of it as like how many does it fit? Because like. Oh, well, you got the crew down at the bottom. You have like six, right? And then you have um, how many cabins do you have? Oh, it's a five crew. Five crew. Because you got the captains and them four. 
Yeah. For beds. All right. So it's a bigger crew, but like, all right, you look at the freelancer, it feels, I guess the 400i is just different because I was going to say the 400i is three crew. I just right. feel like it, the freelancer is maybe three crew. Yeah. Um, I, at most, uh, you know, I would say co-pilot, pilot, and the gunner slash cargo guy, right? Uh, and I would say not even the gunner. You could call him the technical officer or something. Yeah. So, the, the specialist. The, yeah. Uh, he could be engines. He could be comms. He could be anything. Because the engineering um, is, isn't the same on a ship of that size compared to, um, you know, like a capital or subcapital ship. You're right. You're right. It'll be more um, detached, I think, right? I just yeah. saw the Polaris. I wonder what the Polaris has for a crew. Polaris is... 14 people, max crew. That's that's a good size. That is. That's totally doable. Oh, geez, I keep clinking my glasses. I have water and whiskey. 28 on the... As long as it's uh, not watered yeah. down whiskey. No, I drank it fast enough. <laughs> Yeah, Kraken's um, ten, so that's pretty good. I'm going to Connecticut this weekend. I'm excited. I'm bar I'm bartending for somebody's birthday party. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, and it's someone. It's like a friend, or not a friend. It's my sister's niece's husband, and um, he's turning forty, and I'm turning forty this year too. So they're doing a surprise party for him. I don't think he plays. Star Citizen. Uh, Star Citizen and listens to Citizen Cast. So I'm not too worried about spoiling the surprise. Um, <laughs> but he, um, they're doing like he loves whiskey and he's like real Italian. Like I would, you know, as we would say in my hometown, big Guido type of person. Guido, yeah. Uh, you know, like he has a pizza oven in his yard and everything. Oh. <laughs> um, but they're doing the surprise party and he loves bourbon and whiskey. And Negronis. So I'm doing the Negroni slash bourbon bar. And then um, they have a normal bar too. But so I have that like a, a whole rollout set of bar tools that I'm going to bring with me. And I'm a loser, <laughs> but I'm excited for this. Oh, no, no, no. This is good, man. This is good. Um, we did get some questions, and oh, it's good. from one person, uh, but four questions, which means it's Canuck. Uh, so Canuck2099 said, it's been a while, so here are a few questions to take yeah. a stab at. Two episodes ago, you guys asked about and discussed multiple landing zones on planets. In that vein, do you feel that New Babbage being the only city on Microtech is silly? Why is the only silly lo only silly the only city located in frozen wastes when there are lovely temperate areas on the planet that would be way more hospitable uh what do you think skyguard silly that the city's in the cold part well no not really if you consider that they're trying to do it for lore reasons it's th think about it they're developing microchips what do all computers hate <laughs> that they're getting a whole bunch of right now. Heat. Me? Yep. And, <laughs> and, and, and where, where is Microtech located? Or 
that in that case, New Babbage, a frozen wasteland where it's cold, and all they have to do is probably open the window to cool stuff. Too. Yeah. Right. Well, and the thing I think about too is is very similarly like the lore reasons why Microtech is um, or New Babbage is the only city, or at least is where it is, is because of that. But then some of the citizens are there because it's supposed to be very like Silicon Valley, like tech chasers, you know, oh, like yeah. very bro kind of like tech culture vibe. And so it's sort of like, well, if you're going to meet anyone in network, you're going to have to go to new Babbage. Oh, gosh. Um, and that's why they have that ginormous bar, uh, Wally's is because of that. That that Um, always has the glitching NBCs. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if we'll see another, in my opinion, I don't think we'll see another landing zone in some of those nice locations, but we'll probably see towns and settlements and stuff. I think if, when they tackle earth or Terra and they get the multiple landing zones, they're done. It'll be a tech hurdle for them. And once they do that, they might do additional landing zones elsewhere. Well, I also think the easiest landing zones will be like Area 18. Like, of course. I it, think they'll tackle more. Zone. I think they'll tackle more landing zones when they have building interiors done because that'll be procedural generation of building interiors. And it'll be a lot easier to populate places that are worth landing to without having to make it hyper bespoke. Um, Sigurd, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I just uh, <clears throat> I think that uh, on Microtech, I think you know it's an interesting part or just uh, thought. Why aren't they in the temperate climates? Um, maybe they're trying to preserve the environment, but I don't know that that's you know preserve nature. That's but, like that's, saying you're trying to preserve a desert wasteland. I mean, there might be a little bit of stuff there, but there yeah. really ain't much. Yeah, I I always wondered, to be honest, why why there were temperate client or temperate zones there. Uh, I would expect that more on a botched um, a, a planet that had a botched uh, terraforming operation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, uh, and. They have to have an ox or an oxygen, or they have to have an atmosphere to have snow um, and ice. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it is kind of an, yeah. a paradox, a little bit. Yeah, a little. I mean, I, you would think that there would at least be something there because, like, the rich people have their vacation houses in the right. right. Um, those locations are them. Maybe they'll just go to a different planet for their vacations. Um, he said, then, in the same vein, should CIG rethink a few more of their planned systems and planets to make more of them have breathable atmospheres, a la Star Wars, in order to open up more opportunities for settlements, NPC, or player-owned once the game goes live? It appears they've done it for Pyro already, so thoughts? Do I go on that first? I think having... so. Most of the planets we have in game are already airless. I mean, are, uh, that we currently have are already habitable, and most of them are 
I mean, are already terraform, so <clears throat> having alien atmospheres is interesting. And alien life. I mean, even if it's just some planet somewhere that's inhospitable to humans, but it's got really weird shit on it, would be interesting. Yeah. I mean, inhospitable without a spacesuit, but yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. non breathable. A planet where its biology was mostly ice or something, or ammonia based life forms, or let's say you've got a suit made out of carbon nanotubes and some sort of things comes and tries to start eat your, eating your suit because, hey, this thing tastes delicious. <laughs> what about uh, you, Seeker? It's, uh, again, you know, it's, uh, I was just thinking of how it might tie in with the last question, too. Um, and systems that are, Stanton is a little different, right? It's planets are, are owned by corporations. So Microtech just having one area might make sense. They only do one type of thing, right? They're not a big conglomerate. Uh, they do the wristbands and software and things like that. When you look at um, Lorville, the full planet is covered, you know, pretty much, or Area 8, you know, uh, uh, our, our, yeah, our core, you know, it's, it's fully covered because uh, of the industrial nature of their of their systems or their uh-huh. their companies. So I think that's appropriate. I think yeah. that uh, in other systems we will see the you know the presence of the of the UEE and I think we'll see um, and where you have the UEE, you probably will have um, more densely packed uh, planets. And some of those will be have been built out in different times, like different periods. The first emperor, or the second emperor, or whatever, right? Um, so, I think you should you should see different technologies, right? And uh, I wouldn't expect Earth and you know the the older systems to be at the highest standard. Maybe the most beautiful, best architecture, and you know they're kept up to date and they have the most wealth visible. Um, <clears throat> but I would expect to see like the moon, maybe have a dome on it instead of being terraformed, terraformed. Um, and when you get terraformed. to terra, yeah, terraformed, um, I, and I would like to see things like, you know, domes on planets where you go down and it's a big city under a dome and you travel um, between the domes and glass tubes. And I think that's a really cool idea. Same thing with like Mars, right? Uh, and you would certainly have in a belt of systems around, you know, representing that first jump out of the system where you start to see terraforming. Um, I would expect that to be pretty old systems, right? But, yeah, um, I remember Mars so had the terraforming disaster. So if there's remnants from that, that would be interesting. Yeah. It, just like in any big city, you know, think of it like a city that expands. The original part that was fantastic turns into, you know, a terrible waste, and then later is recovered. Unless, unless you know, they years do a later. really hard job. And the next layer of buildings, you know, fifty, you know, twenty miles away are now the modern buildings. And a hundred years later, those are the the ones being demolished. Um, 
you know, the high rise apartments, uh, you know, that are now the ghettos. Right. And, you know, it just keeps going in this endless loop. Um, so I could see that being the case on, you would have different, different generations of maturity throughout the empire. Some are fading, some are brand new, and some are the old and have been refurbished and are back up to, you know, to standards. Some have been, some areas will have been, um, great at some point where they, you know, like they were the gold rush areas and they were fast and quick and built up and then they're abandoned. I suspect that might be like a pyro, right? Um, you know, and, and then I think you'll probably also have some representations of some, I won't say dictators, but some powerful individuals, right? Who, you know, might be, um, they basically run the system through their influence. They're not necessarily gangsters or anything. Don't get me wrong, but uh, but they're like the Hurston family. But Hurston being relatively young as a family with their wealth versus the Rockefellers, right? Yeah. Um, right? You can imagine Rockefellers, you know, a thousand years in the future. Whoever they are, they're going to probably still be rich and really freaking rich. Um, Unless they completely burn through all the money. Decadent rich, right? Uh, so I think his idea is, is very good. Um, but I don't think every planet will have been terraformed. I think it'll be belts of planets and there'll be... I, I would hope that only a third of them... I'm, I would say less than that. I would really like to see probably 10% of the planets terraformed. That would make sense. Right. I feel like that's probably close to an accurate number because, you know, you look at Seoul, mm-hmm. Earth obviously wasn't terraformed. It was already um, there. Um, but uh, uh, Mars is terraformed, right? It, it was actually right. the first terraformed system or planet. Um, and you think about, I mean, the thing for me is like, there's, there's plenty of, breathable atmospheres that are planned uh not just obviously stanton which has four but um you know a whole bunch of others and i kind of get the sense that you know we already know that if you tried to populate some of our moons with every player in the game i think it's i think it was something i think people figured that you'd still only need one moon to have a player house for everyone so, so like, you know, having even a, a few systems with some moons and some breathable atmosphere um, will do wonders for player-generated locations. Yeah. I, you know what I, I would like to see? Well, we haven't seen, we talked about this before, we haven't seen a floating city or a city underwater. I think that's one. Oh, um, I was like, um, we have a floating city right now, but you meant on water. <laughs> on water. Yeah. And then the other thing um, I would like to see is planets that have been devastated by some natural or un or man-made incident. It could be a mm-hmm. war. Um, and it's completely empty. It's evacuated. It's partially destroyed. It's There's, you know, rumors of wealth and, you know, things you can get there if you want to risk it and you know mutations or whatever high radiation you know dangerous places <clears throat> um 
kind of like, you know, imagine, you know, like Chernobyl, right? You know, for years, you know, it's just an empty city. Just mm. right. imagine a Chernobyl type planet, right? Um, I think those would be amazing. I think those would be really cool. And ancient ones, right? You go to an ancient preserved race that's been put off as a natural, uh, let's say, um, protected lands. Mm. Um, even one that maybe has some of the aliens, like, uh, you know, they've been given the land as part of their, you know, uh, joining the UEE after war. Mm-hmm. I don't want to call them reservations, but kind of like a reservation planet, right? Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of variety that yeah, can there, there be is. achieved. Well, there's, there's possibility, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, good question, though. Yeah. Well, we always know Canuck has good questions. Uh, his third question Clearly, CIG is holding back a lot of content in the run-up to Sitcon, but are they maybe holding back too much? What do you think? Are they holding back too much, Skyguard? No, no. It, it, I mean, it, so it, it, CitizenCon, and for that matter, with IAE right after, is their biggest money-making event of the year. Citizen Con is the hype train for IAE. And like it or not, CIG is still a business. And if they don't do well, we don't get the game. So if it means we have a little bit of a content drought now and it's a bit of Arena Commander stuff and some updates for other stuff, and okay. I'd rather have a game than we get everything now and Nothing later. Hmm. Besides the anticipation, how can you enjoy something if you, you 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 sit here anticipating what's next, what's next, what's next? Instead of getting everything now, you have to wait, and it's what makes CitizenCon interesting. Instead of having an itinerary and whatever everything they're going to be announcing, I mean, we wouldn't be having all the discussions about CitizenCon if we knew what was coming. Because probably be mm. oh, a week or two worth of content and that would be it but all we know is it's two days and it's cost a heck of a lot more than it used to yeah and besides it's not like arena commander is bad it's compared to some of the pvp stuff i've seen put in the games that are not really it, it's great um seeing an updated is interesting i'd like to see i mean if they releasing theaters of war or something interesting something like that that'd be really interesting um and the getting the new master modes as a way to test them out in there first is a lot more interesting as opposed to just dumping them in game and having everybody scream about it what do you think what about yeah i was gonna say what about you sigurd what what are your thoughts um I don't think they're holding back. Um, I think it's it's it is a fine edged sword, right? I think the game is playable now. Um, I mean, we have a lot of fun playing this game, and I, you know, and I think that waiting for the next next patch has become kind of a crutch for us. 
Um, whereas in the past, we had fun no matter what was broken in the game, right? I mean, we used to live through 30Ks all the time, but we still did crazy stuff that was loads of fun. And I think the game right now, you know, I have seen far worse games come off the shelf like this. Far, mm. far worse. Um, the graphics are gorgeous. You know, well, what, so about, whatever the, what they, about the content? Because I think that's more what, what Canucks right, getting at is. Right. Is not the content in game, but the content about the game, like the ISCs right. and um, the information right. drip. So I think that they are balancing on this edge of what's good for marketing, and and the other half of this is what's getting them smacked in the face every time they do something. Right? The community has you know these podcast guys and. Uh, you know, like us, those right? Stupid it, idiots with podcasts. Stupid idiots, you know, <laughs> who, who did nothing yeah. but talk about a video game of all things. Right? Hey, gee, can't we get a life? You know, as my roommate I, calls it, my double life. <laughs> there are there are many that I really, really like to listen to, and you know, Morphologist is fantastic, and the others, uh, and they're all good, right? They're all good. Don't get me wrong, but if we complain about stuff. It's not solving the problem, right? There's a good there's a good thing to do to point things out, um, but if I hear one more person tell me that they're just trying to sucker me when they put out a a new career, a new thing, and by the way, they also put in a link to go look at the ships that would be good for this type of mission, right? I'm a 61 year old man. If I want to spend my money on freaking hot dogs and frilly shirts, I'm going to do it. it you know. It's my money. I'm a grown man. We're, you know, if there's 12 year olds buying their, you know, buying stuff like this based on uh, not understanding, I get it, right? It's not um, like, it's not like Roblox or like one of those correct kids games correct. that has all those little microtransactions that suck their parents out of. Right. It's not and like I they're playing freaking kids. And they suck money out of me in those games too. And I, you know, none of them played many more years than I've played Star Citizen. So I know I put a lot of money into those games. The new tank and this, that, and the other. You know, I've got, I don't know how many naval ships I've got in World of Warships and World of Tanks. I just stopped playing it because I was just buying every one of them. Um, but I know what I'm doing. I'm a grown man, right? I'll be able to retire. My kids are all paid for. Um, and I think that that type of sensationalism. Um, just needs to stop. We're not kids, right? And if, you, if you're not happy with that, that's great. You use your podcast for that, but we're not idiots, right? I mean, 61 years old, doing fine, raised kids. Well, I am an idiot if you ask my brother. He, I'm also a girly man. But, you know, it's, it, that <laughs> stuff just drives me nuts. And it doesn't help the programmers because the programmers are... I hate to think what he thinks about me. <laughs> you make good drinks. He'd like you. Yeah. So, you know, the programmers work real hard on this stuff. It's not like they go to work and goof off and, the, you know, the project managers are out there have crappy days. I cannot think of anything worse than working on the game as an employee for a game that you love to play. I think it would just be like, uh, just shoot me. I never want to touch this thing again. Uh, I know. Like like you get home and then what do you do? You don't, I don't think I'd want to play star citizen. Yeah. After I was just, and especially I'm getting home and playing the version. That's not as awesome as the one I've been testing. Right. 
Yeah. Truthfully, I, I think there's two things that are missing right now from making this a game that I would have bought off the shelf. And one is multiplayer crew play that's meaningful. In other words, there's a pilot, there's an engineer, there's, you know, a gunner. We have the gunners. We have guys load cargo. We have medical guys. Comms, engineering, um, science. And then the other thing is exploration play we don't have. Mm. Right? But all the rest of it is there. I mean, it is there in its bare bones. Um, so I think that we are farther along than people realize. I mean, how many variations can you have on a bounty hunter mission? Mm, right? Is the many. next one going to be we're going to start at Hammerheads and then we're going to go to five Idrises and then we're going to go to six Krakens show up and then your final is going to be taking on a freaking destroyer with your freaking Aurora LN. I mean, you know, uh, you know, how far can you go with these combinations, right? Mm. Um, the game is playable the complexity now. of it. Correct. I, I think so, so. Right. And and when you, the technical item that's the not letting us do things right now is actually just the number of servers, right? The, the performance of the servers. When they get the performance and the meshing right, we'll have what it will appear to be one server. So, yeah, this game could be done right now, but it would not be the game that I paid this much money to play with the, with the hope to play, right? It's the only reason I have a subscription is to support the game. Yeah. Right? I mean, that alone is several years of that has add, adds up, right? I mean, I probably could get an Idris with that. So, um, you know, and I, I hate to hear, you know, oh, well, I can't get my Cutlass Black. It's not, you know, it's just, it sucks. Cutlass Black is a great ship. You know, they're all great ships. Cut, Cutlass Black is a freaking drag racer. Yeah. I would much be, I would much rather hear these podcasts, including ours, talk about things like, so once the game goes live, what's the Aurora 2 going to look like? Yeah. Right? And what's the Carrick's replacement going to look like in two mm. years? All the right? Carrick replacement. Right. So, you know, you don't buy the same, you don't buy There's the no 1968 Ford, you know, Cutlass or a Ford Bronco in 2023. You buy a 2023 Ford Bronco. Right. So, what ships are no longer in production that they're going to bring the name back? The Vanquisher. Well, what's that going to be? Well, the famous Vanquisher from the past was, uh, you know, one man missile guided, one way, one ticket, one seat. You know, uh, great. We need lots of those, you know, whatever it is. But, you know, that's the stuff where I'd rather be talking. How are they going to How are they gonna open up unknown space? We've got 100 mm-hmm. systems. Great. What am I searching for now? How about a new system? Oh, there's 101? Holy crap, the game just got really interesting again, right? Yeah. You're looking or- for that 100. That's real exploration. Um, I, you know, I think I think that stuff is to me, more important than, you know, if, if you have those two things, good crew play, which facilitates multiplayer play, like, you know, we like to do, and exploration, you've got trans, you've got cargo, you've got mining, you've got salvage, you've got combat, you've got ground combat, you've got, you know, quantum jump, you've got a lot of medical play, bounty hunting, missions. It's a good game. 
Mm. So, um, with that, I, I would just like to say that was all brownie points to CIG. Please send me an address. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. Okay. Okay. You can't even so, get yeah. a free citizen con ticket. <laughs> so uh, I would, I'm a novium, novium, whatever. I couldn't get one of the the top tickets. Um, my my thought is, um, of course, I want more content. Um, always, I want as much content as I, I could possibly get because I'm a real nerd like that, and that's the mm-hmm. kind of stuff I like. Um. But it's also like I can even see based on our numbers that um, that um, like viewership is down this time of year or listenership or whatever the case may be. And so, you know, it's it's just a phenomenon. Like at least it's a content drought when people are kind of less checked into the content anyway because they're busy doing things outside of their house um, like Nubkins <laughs> yeah. who only plays in the winter, which yeah. luckily in Canada is most of the year. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that that's my thought. I'm, I'm excited for citizen con. I wish we'd have more substantive stuff. Yeah. I'm excited for, yeah, I don't know which, I don't know which I would be more excited about getting um, squadron 42 or getting pyro. Right. I mean, they're both good. I'm excited I mean, for Pyro. I, I'm excited for both. Squadron is going to be like a taste, a, a, a teaser taste of what the wider Star Citizen might be like. I mean, will it be everything? No. Will it be interesting? Heck yes. Um, I'm excited it's for what it'll enable it's add in-game. some content. And especially since if they keep the yeah. mods part like they said they would in the original thing, I mean, what else can you add in there? <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, the reason I do think it's Squadron 42 is because Starfield's coming out. Oh, and, yeah, definitely. Know, companies, companies know what other companies are doing. And there's a market window that's going to open um, and close where the market gets saturated. So I think that Squadron 42 is coming out. Well, it'll it'll make a great successor for um, uh, Starfield because, you know, I'm think, since I'm thinking it's holiday season next year um, or around then, then, you know, there's plenty of time for people to play Starfield and then Squadron comes out. And, and actually, it's probably great timing. I'm just hoping our, our cost of our ticket actually includes a version of the box version of squadron 42 even you know a release number one because then i can get a fourth personal hanger and my third npc i can field almost any ship at this point (laughs) oh goodness you know something interesting i read into the uh the industrial hangers that come with a lot of the capital ships like the kraken Mm -hmm. um and what's interesting is those are asteroid hangers. So a lot of the bigger ships that can't land, that means they're going to be putting either hangers in orbit or hangers somewhere out in the asteroid belt. And part of me really wants to see how they're going to do that. Is it going to be like Grim Hex or what? And it, 
is it going to be in one spot? Is it going to be all over the system? You what you, you get you get the location and the set of keys, and here it's going to be like something out of a freaking anime movie, like Gundam. Here, go out there. There's a hidden asteroid base with your ship. Have you never used the hangers before? The hangar module? I I came after yeah. that was removed. Oh, oh yeah, you fly out yeah. through the roof. That's they're really cool. Yeah, yeah, the asteroid, and they all had different music too. Yeah. They were definitely cool. They were really cool. I yeah. was, uh, of course, um, uh, what is it? Something in York. Oh yeah, yeah. You had the yeah. Fan. You had the uh, uh, York and yeah something Meyer York. York and something York or yeah, York. We were just talking about that the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oops. Even go. the even the temporary hangar was cool. The, the rentable one, was yeah, very cool. It was very very. Uh, you could see how they set it up for industrial. flare too. Yeah, yeah. Because you could uh, at the time Sky Guard, you could actually put your flare in there. So anything you, it was, they had very like it wasn't amazing, but it was item ports that you could click on around. And there's yeah. different item sizes, so you could put your mm-hmm. hollow tables in there and stuff. Because mm-hmm. you know, if you were when I started backing, that was around the time that they started giving a lot of ship posters, mm-hmm. like schematics, and hollow yeah. tables for the subscriber flare. So I have all those. Um, so you can literally hang them with all of it. <laughs> One of the ones you could get was the skull that's in the uh, or. Uh, Port Alasar Weapons Store. It okay. has a no. It's on Area 18. They have that alien skull. It's an alien. Oh yeah, head. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you used to be able to get that. It's a skull version of it. So I have the Revenant plant. Yeah, uh, yeah. whatever it is, and I have that weird Christmas tree thing, but it never mm-hmm. loaded in my the wreath. The wreath. No, the tree there. one. Oh, that one. Tropical. Yeah. The wreath predates me. Yeah. No, I have a wreath. So, yeah. So Um, I think, I think, yeah. um, I think we beat that horse to death. What's the fourth question from Cromwell? Ah, that's what I was just about to say. Um, Since, you know, Wilbur. um, (laughs) uh, A lot of 320 is going to focus on arena commander, which is great. But yep. when the devs talk about, and that was him too, by the way, uh, which is great. <laughs> but when the devs talk about AC to promote it, they've been di- doing so by stating how the PU is slow, tedious, boring, or unfun. Watch the ISCs and you'll hear it. Thoughts on this strategy? Skyguard? Doesn't Thoughts sound on- like good marketing technique, but then again, that's not what they're hired for. <laughs> Um. Yeah, so I I think they're. It sounds like they're trying to hype up Arena Commander. Um. It it, it just yeah, and and to a certain degree, yeah, the PU is huge, and big things have a lot of momentum, and making major changes is tough. And right now, the major roadblock is. As Seaguard was saying earlier, um, at least I believe you said this, was 
server method, which is kind of the linchpin right now. And given that they've barely talked about it at all this year and haven't even given this demonstration, I'd say they're finding out this is a lot harder than they thought it would be. Um, and if that's the case, it explains why they brought got Arena Commander out. And um, I think from what I've heard when they're talking about the PU, it's less of a putting down PU and more of a going, yeah, we're, we're, we're sorry that the PU isn't in a good state right now. <laughs> Here, we're working on something else. We can't actually give you the PU we want right now because we don't have the tech for it. Hmm. Here's a consolation prize. And yeah, I mean, what about you? What about you, uh, uh, Kiki? Oh, um, I think to me, it doesn't sound so much as like being boring or unfun, so much as it's slow to have to have to iterate within, right? Because it takes a lot of work to do and you're not guaranteeing that people are going to play the gameplay that you're looking for. I, I have half the time. I believe that's why the dynamic events happen is to test server load and to test things. And they do it to sort of drive players to do certain things. Oh, definitely. And like, that's not an easy way to try and drive player behavior. So to create a small snippet of something that doesn't require, you know, uh, it seems like it wouldn't require as much effort makes it a lot easier to have very focused testing on things. And I think that's really what they're trying to accomplish is it's slow progress, um, which is good, but they want a faster test bed. And I think that's really the messaging, um, you know, whether it's a plus or minus uh, with the way CIG does things uh, we're hearing it from devs, right? So they're not marketers. <laughs> And for them, it's exciting because they're thinking about the data that they're going to get on the other side of it, not the, um, not the idea that maybe people will read into what they're saying and think it's, you know, not good. The PEU is not good. So, you know, it's, it's a challenge that they probably continuously endure with the fact that they interview so many people who aren't meant to be marketers or salespeople. What about you, Seagard? I think that's a pretty good assessment. Um, uh, I hadn't really thought about it that way, but that's a good one. I was actually thinking along the lines um, that I think one of the most important factors in successful gaming right now in any game is the ability to track performance of the individual against all the people playing the game. You know, this is a huge part of a lot of games, you know, sports games, how many shots taken, how many shots made, how many games won versus how many games lost, uh, number of kills versus number of deaths. You know, we, we go on statistical overload when we play these games, and it's been for a couple of years now. And I think that without the leaderboards that are provided through the arena commanders and the, uh, you know, the Star Marine and all that, I think that's a big portion of what they're kind of missing out on. Um, so I think that's one of their big drivers for it. I, I think that is 
definitely something. Um, it's a service that we've kind of grown accustomed in our games. This massive amount of data about how we play and how we rank against others. Um, and then the second thing is, I always think back to the early version of Arena Commander. Uh, the games were intended to be used for long voyages as a form of entertainment, mm-hmm. right? So you're traveling between, you know, at the time we didn't know how long it was going to take to go from a planet to the moon, right? We didn't know. So the idea was that you could get on your ship and stay on your ship and you could compete in the tournaments and stuff in the virtual universe. Uh, and they had that other game called Sataball they were going to bring out, mm-hmm. right? Um, and they did bring some of that out for a little while, I think, right? We could, didn't we? Be, we used to be able to float around in the Sataball area. I don't recall that. I can't remember. I'm thinking of maybe I'm thinking of Ender's Game, the movie. But that's it, what it's it, kind of like Sataball that idea. Reminds me. Of. Yeah. So I I think that there is a version or there is a reason for those to come to be worked on. And I do think that people would play them if there was more profitability in a faster amount of time, but travel was slower. Right. I think that would be an interesting way to play the game. If you go into pyro, it's going to be two hours. I also think they need to, Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, just play some games. I mean, play chess. You got a chess game in one of them, right? So, yeah. I think also, like, and and this is one, you know, I don't always agree with this content creator, but this is one that Salty Mike is a big fan of, and I I wholeheartedly agree with him here, is if you want to encourage things like the PTU, or, um, sorry, yeah, the PTU, sorry, (laughs) I'm a test test universe. And an arena commander, then you have to provide in-game incentives that you couldn't get any other way. Some kind of, and it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be much. Some kind of flair, something to show that you did something. People will rally for that always, right? And especially if you're testing certain things, like you could have like almost like merit badges for you know, uh, tank royale. Um, master modes testing like all those things you can have like collectibles little hanger flare something you could put on your desk in your ship just to show like that you completed something like that mm-hmm. right. right um i think that's an amazing way to motivate players to do things like you know play arena commander um, beyond just like being able to buy a ship when you finish it. <laughs> <laughs> um, excellent. So those are all the questions. Any closing thoughts for anyone? Skyguard, anything uh, come to mind that you wanted to address that we hadn't talked about yet? Not particularly. I mean, you guys have pretty much said it all. I mean, <laughs> there's, not much, I mean there's only so many things you can say about it. I mean, <laughs> I, I agree with a certain extent, one which was mentioned earlier, that they're kind of doing the whole arena commander stuff for testing because of the uh, podcasters and guys like us. Um, it's not always nice to release something and you don't get much data and everybody's just bashing on it. And this way, it's 
I imagine they can iterate faster and tune it better in something like Arena Commander. Um, but at the same time, yeah, the, the, there has to be some sort of prize to get people to actually play it. That is That doesn't... And, and to me, it's like not just, you know, unlocking a ship that you can buy, but and not just a spectrum badge, but something in game. People love or the in game flair. Resources, money, uh, paint, paint jobs, paint, paints. If you're paints. racing, let's say you get sponsorships, right? Yeah. Uh, Stuff like that. Yeah. And it, it doesn't yeah. even have to be something particularly complicated to do make one skin for one ship per ptu on the current ship you're working on and say okay hey you play this ptu in the future when a new ship is released you'll get a special skin for it ta-da i would like to see it tied to the um you know something eve did very well was they had floating billboards oh yeah you would see the most infamous criminal working in the area, you know, various things you would see as, so imagine, you know, having these floating billboards as you travel through the lighted, um, approach ways to the stations, right? In, <laughs> that, uh, that, that they, would be, that would be interesting when you're coming in for landing and you've got somebody's name up there and you have yeah. their mug. Or what about the, if it's their mug shot? Yeah, well, you, it could the, be, right? Yeah, or, or, be. or like you, you, you want to promote piracy gameplay or something. You have their mug shot after most wanted mm-hmm. 50 million credits or whatever. Mm. Or how many times have you, you know, you heard about a game, you know, but someone's flying on the airplane and the pilots are relaying what the results are of the soccer game in, you know, in, in Dubai versus, you know, the EU or whatever, right? I mean, you know, it, it would be cool to have that on on your ship. You know, hey, let's tune into the local sports channel. Hey, we got the Kingston so and sos. Yeah, it could be actual player teams. Oh yeah, right? <laughs> <clears throat> racing clubs. Get your yeah. sports rundown, local news. Uh, I, you know, one last thing I would I would like to see. Um, this is kind of a little bit about the environment. Maybe we should talk about it next time. Uh, but I would lock, like to talk about more of the lore, how we could get the lore more active in the game. Like, I'm trying to do it with George Dumont, right? You know kind of what I'm talking about because mm. you're kind of read in on it. But um, there are a lot of things going on that we're not hearing about in real time versus the lore. You know, is there fighting going on in different systems? You know, yeah. where are they... Something that uh, Eve also does really well um, is they have news updates for what's going right. on. I would love to be able to listen to stuff like that. Um, I'd even, you know, I'd even be willing to put up a Discord, you know, live stream channel. You know, you could read it off a couple times a day, you know, pre-recorded and say, hey, here's the news for, you know, following, blah, blah, blah. Mm. If I knew it was happening in, in their timeline. Um, yeah. But I would like to know what's going on politically in Stanton, and what's going on in the uh, what's what's her who's the head of the UEE? Now? Yeah, Addison. Or, yeah, I mean, I would love to see it kind or, of like that. Or g- give um, us the latest gossip for what's going on in the Hurston family. Or something. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I mean that would be a 
actually might not be a bad subscriber show too. You know? Yeah. Talk about real time activities. I think that's a definite, like highly possible thing that'll happen. I just don't that right now, I think just what they're focused on is, is more sort of like mission narrative and stuff like that. But I think we'll eventually see some interesting stuff. Um, I was going to say something and I can't remember what it was. Oh, I guess I pull together a question about that for next week. Yeah. I guess any closing thoughts for you, Seagard? No, no, this is a good show. It's rough. It's not a lot of top, not a lot of expectation coming, but not a lot of knowledge. So it's speculation, I guess, but. All right. Same. I, uh, well, you know what? We still managed to do pretty well in terms of time. Yeah. By by the way, Skyguard, I I can't help myself, but we went the whole show without hearing you breathing, except for the past three minutes. Oh, great! (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's up with this mic. (laughs) Um. Well. you know that wraps up the show. If you if you have any questions, you could submit them by emailing us at citizencastsc at gmail dot com. Or heck, if you, you really want to have fun, just drop by Parley House. Yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You could DM our X or whatever the hell Twitter is called these days at citizencastsc. Uh, you could submit a message through Anchor. Um, sorry, it's not Anchor anymore. It is our Spotify landing page. I updated that link. Um, you could join our citizen cast discord. Um, and unfortunately our Google voice number was deactivated for inactivity. So, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to leave, leave that inactive. Um, so those are the mute, ways. Mute yourself, mute yourself. Sound like a freaking hungry tiger with a microphone up his, <laughs> up his, Okay, we'll stop there. <laughs> are, are, are you speaking uh, from experience there, Sigurd? Yes. A, a hungry tiger with a microphone up where? I mean, I've heard of some <laughs> land sharks and some whales. Obviously, you never sat on your, you never sat on your CVC helmet in a tank, have you? Well, considering I probably wouldn't fit in one, no, probably not. <laughs> Anyway, Neither would I? <laughs> if you are looking for a crew or an org or people to play with, or even the inane banter that you hear, uh, even in these episodes, feel free to check out Parlay House. It's a neutral zone for players of all types to socialize and enjoy the best space sim the verse has to offer. Um, please don't forget to check out some friends of the show who are also content creators. Um, our friends Earth, Snorkel, and Undead Parrot have some YouTube videos you could check out. Admiral Cody and Calibri, who created the music for the show, also have other songs inspired by Sar Citizen, so check that out. Um, or, of course, um, if you haven't already seen it, Jump uh, Star Jump has a fleet viewer um, that Graham and VMZO put a lot of work into, and they also do quite a bit of Twitch streaming. So check out all those folks as well. And that wraps up another episode of Citizen Cast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.
I'm not gonna lie, I've been about a half hour on this gummy. <laughs> and I'm really craving sweet. Oh. Well, if you're hungry, I mean, do you want an easy recipe or do you want a... Uh... I have zero things that I can make in my house. How do you have, do you have zero? A bag of what do you got? No. Go to the old standbys. You know, we don't keep snacks in the house. Oh. You gotta learn to cook more, reason, dude. What's that? You gotta learn to cook more. I cook all keep the time. You gummy bears in the house, but you don't I keep just... snacks in the house. <laughs> I just need to go grocery shopping. That's it. Oh. I, don't eat, I don't keep candy in the house, just M&M's. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, my my brother's staple. <laughs> the only candy I have in the house are gummies, and those would only increase my desire to consume candy. <laughs> no, I used to. So, uh, so eating gummies, a bag of gummies is a bad idea. <laughs> no, yeah, I think I'd die. So before, uh, when I lived in Germany, before gummy bears were a big thing, the only factory in the world that made gummy bears was right behind our base. Oh gosh! Like a mile away, literally. We used to eat them all the time. Wow! A little gold tinfoil package for the clear. Haribo or something else? No, they were the actual original gummy bears. Ooh. They're German. Look.